Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at DML57. And I want to give everyone a little peek behind the curtain real quick. Um, we were actually not going to record this week because there just wasn't much to talk about. And then the Blackhawks went and beat the Bruins on Tuesday night. And I was driving home from that game. And my thought was, I kind of wanted to sit around and talk about that game and some other things spinning off of that game. So I reached out to the group and we're all here. So we're going to talk about it. Uh, all the line mates are with me this evening. Up first, the analytics styling of Second City Hockey you can find on Twitter at Jehovah's Witness. It's Shepard Price. Uh, if you know who Jasper the Doll is on TikTok, um, we're friends and uh, we're both mentally ill. So. Um, I, I don't know who that is. I don't know Good. any specific Twitter accounts by name. No, no, no. I, TikTok or TikTok. Excuse me, you correct. Yeah. I don't know any TikTok accounts by name, but I feel like I'm starting to see like v- repeatedly TikToks that go viral from accounts that I recognize, like the person that does the video that does the funny thing. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's, I'm, I keep, I, I probably said it on these airways before. I feel like I'm too old for TikTok. And I feel like if I get on it, it's going to take up far much more time of my life than it needs to. It will be a, it will be the de- the end of whatever productivity I'm clinging to at this point in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, that, then I'm just going to keep staying away from TikTok and just like see when the clips hit Twitter. That's that's my current approach to things. That or Instagram reels, which are like three months behind. Yeah, that's fine. I'm 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 usually late to things anyway, so there's no problem if I'm three months late to a meme. I'll catch up eventually, or not ever, <laughs> whatever. Also with us this evening, uh, he's on Twitter at no one eighty two, and he is the second city hockey. What Ryan Osterman is the holy fawn. It's Mill Savage. Um, I have nothing good to say here except for fuck the Bruins. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree. And we'll get there. So yeah, that's yeah, all I got. Okay. Hey, uh, short and sweet to the point. That's that's the way it should be. Also with this this evening, she's not on Twitter, but she's at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, where she is the Second City Hockey bull and wall of text. It's Betsy. I feel like you'd be more into TikTok and not feel like you're too old for it if you had a corporate job. <laughs> because <laughs> that's not a joke that constantly on it when you're taking a break from work. That's all you do is scroll through social media because corporate jobs are <laughs> got to do something to like not actually <laughs> i have a good work story for for all of you real quick yeah, right. do it. Uh, like, were you on tiktok uh, at work no a client like kind of was being nosy and was looking around my my workspace and i had a red bull and she goes isn't it a little early to be drinking a beer and oh. she legitimately thought i was drinking a beer but she didn't question that i was drinking a beer at work she questioned the time that i was having said beer <laughs> Lady, it's five o'clock somewhere, and (laughs) even if it's even if it's five o'clock late, like earlier than it should be, it's still five o'clock. So yes, to quote Alan Jackson. But also, I just I just thought that that was relevant because I don't know why. Mill, I have I have the solution. Well, not the solution to this problem, but I have the next step of this: is you need to have a Red Bull, an unopened Red Bull, on your desk at all times. 
uh, just in case this happens again, so that when it does happen again, you can look the customer dead in the eye for an uncomfortable amount of time, crack open that beer. Yeah. Maintain eye contact the entire time with the client and shotgun the beer or the Red Bull, whatever. I'll keep the details off the air, but this this lady is batshit crazy (laughs) and and a pain in the ass. But like, I just try to be nice and get done what I have to get done. And yeah, I was like, oh, no, it's just caffeine. And then I was really fucking confused. That reminds me, there was a this happened like five, ten years ago. I believe it was at a Detroit Tigers game where. A father took his son, I think, to a baseball game and didn't know that Mike's Hard Lemonade was a thing and gave his son a Mike's Hard Lemonade and the kid drank it. And like somebody like they know somebody nearby notified security and security showed up and like took the kid away from the father and like social services got called. And ultimately, like they understood it was just a big an honest mistake by the father. But that's uh, a brutal misunderstanding. <laughs> that is a very bad one. Yeah, this ha- this was a very long time ago. But I well, of course, sure it happened in Detroit. Thing. Yeah, well, it makes I'm sense. Gonna, I'm going to. Go on top of Mill's um, work right, story sure. and just say for at my work, here's the difference between certain corporate jobs and other ones. When they're trying to entice people back to the office, oh. one of the things they threw out there was a wine bar <laughs> to open at a certain point. And they ultimately didn't do it. But I was like, it would have been really I've been to a million corporate um, parties. The wine is always the worst thing. Yeah. Regular like, liquor is fine. Would they would the they wine. allow you like they wouldn't still allow you to drink during the no, work it day. Would it be, would just be like after work. Like that's and it would have been like on Fridays at like four. Because we have we have, like we have summer Fridays, so it means like Friday stop at like three. So they would have done it during that time period or during the regular time and stop it at four. And you're not allowed to go back to work after you drank. So like when we would ever have corporate parties, like a Halloween party or something like that that started a little earlier they're like remember you cannot go back up and work after you've taken a sip of alcohol every friday can be a summer friday if you try hard enough well before we transition into hockey i'm going to open this big 24 ounce Michelob ultra sorry 25 ounce that i have that has the bulls logo on the can because they just lost so sky point chicago sports (laughs) oh no no mill we're back chicago sports are back did you not see what happened tuesday night at the united center define back yeah (laughs) Well, that's that. I guess that, as I said, I would open, say I would say one night stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. But a good one. It was a good one. It, it was a good one. It, it's uh, <laughs> that's the what. That's a, such a good way to put it. The one night stand. But yeah, it's a great one, and we're going to be talking about it for a while. Um, yeah, I like I I did the recap, so I don't want to go on too long of a soliloquy because I want to bring in everyone else because uh, I've already said my piece. Uh, but I, I I was at the game, and there was just there was a. There was like an excitement and energy inside the United Center and then the Hawks won the game and it just like that is up there with I I was really trying to think of the last time that there was a game like that where there was there was like a, a noticeable energy in the building and and you could like you could feel like there was a, some heightened importance with the game as it developed and then the Hawks actually won the thing. I I really cannot think of a time that that happened maybe at some point I mean, maybe the even like the playoff available in 2020 might be the best one when they knocked out the Oilers. But beyond that, like I, I really could not think of the last time I enjoyed a Blackhawks hockey game as much as that one. So, uh, Shay, I'll just swing it over to you to get started. Like, did was you, were you anywhere in the same state that I was in? So, <clears throat> again, I am somebody who is concerned about the first overall pick because it is okay. so good and the Blackhawks have come so far. Um, so beating teams, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. I'm sorry. High, it's not high. It's not high on, on my list of like enjoyments right now, but if you're going to beat a team, beating a team that's been, that's lost by more than one goal, just four times so far this season and being the fifth team out of nowhere, when your leading scorer is what, uh, Taylor, Taylor Radish, Radish with 20 trick. First quarter, yeah, uh, yeah, that's insane. But you did that against these Boston Bruins, these historically good Boston Bruins, um, with I think everybody healthy. Uh, well, insane. yeah, no, no Taylor Hall, no Nick Felino, but still like Marshan, Bergeron, Krejci, uh, 
Pasternak were all there. The blue line. I think was, yeah. The new, the, the everyone's favorite. You guys uh, are there. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, not, I mean, not quite a hundred percent, but certainly, uh, certainly a more talented roster than the one, the Blackhawks were fielding for sure. And, and them by three goals. Yeah. And like, and, and I think it, it's the other side of this and I'll bring in Betsy on this. Cause obviously she's the, the stat guru of the, of the bunch. Well, sh- we'll throw Shay in there as well, but whatever. Um, but like, if you go back, like look at the numbers from natural stature and all that, it's not like the Hawks just, um, got like five or six fluky goals and one when they got destroyed in the possession thing, like the numbers weren't all that once, like they were fairly 50, 50. The Hawks had the, the, sh- the better expected goal share. Boston had more shots and chances and everything else, but the Hawks had better quality of chances. It seems so Betsy, like did that game do anything for you? Yeah. I mean, it's, First of all, it was exciting. I was, I was, I was like kind of paying attention to it when they scored the first goal. I was like, they might score another one, and then of course the uh, the Bruins are going to come back and just wipe the floor with them because that's what has happened. Six out of the last seven games, I think, is what they've scored the first right. goal, but then didn't win. Right. Yeah. Um, and then that started to happen, and I was like, cool. That's that's it's fun, but it's what's going to happen. And then they scored the next one and then they scored the next one. And you're like, there's a little bit more excitement about that. And again, it's all about the opponent. Um, mm-hmm, for sure. Like if, if that had happened against Vancouver, know, who cares? Or Columbus or, oh, you yeah. know, like it would be like, okay, so what other than we would be, we would be a little bit more mad because it would hurt the tank. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> but you're right about the stats. So some of the, some of the wins that they've had occasionally, the pop-up wins, these one-night stands have been completely unsustainable wins. And this is a perfect game where, yes, Boston had better possession. Um, past the first period, the, the Blackhawks actually had slightly better possession, shot metric possession than the Burns in the first. But scoring chances or high danger scoring chances were only 16-14 at five on five in favor of the Blackhawks. So they had two better. And you're, uh, they had slightly better expected goals. So at five on five, if you go overall, the Bruins power play edges it out, but yeah. Cause the Hawks have no power play. Cause yeah, exactly. there's nothing there <laughs> <laughs> anymore. Um, but this is, this is the type of argument that people get into when you talk about stats. It's like, well, if you can't overpower a team with possession, then at least get the good chances. It yeah. works better when your team has finishers, and the Blackhawks don't normally finish even on their high danger chances because the players getting in there are Jason Dickinson and Reese Johnson, you know, players that will occasionally score, but not <laughs> regularly. But mm-hmm. Taylor Radish can score. And Boris Kachuk has a better shot than he just doesn't shoot enough. And there's a couple of other players that if they shot more would probably score more. They just don't. So mm-hmm. It was good to see that happen, and I'm I'm glad for Taylor Radish a little bit because we we shat on him a little bit. <laughs> like, that was me. Like I I said <laughs> like I think I I think I said it here, and I might have written it too. Like I was trying to think of something that Taylor Radish had done this season that I that stood out in my memory and was drawing a blank. And then since I either said or wrote those words in the last five games, or excuse me, the last four games, he has six goals and an assist. So you're welcome. Uh, Taylor, I'm the, I'm sure you're listening to this. Uh, please continue doing that. That'd be great. Yeah. Mill, what about you? What were your thoughts on the, uh, the one night stand that we're now going to call it? Well, first off, I just got to say you emphasized the phrase and it doesn't even matter when we started the segment <laughs> and we were talking about lyrics before the podcast started. And today's actually the Ides of March. Ah. So ironic. So shout out Silverstein. Ah, there we uh, go. We didn't okay. really talk about that, but it is the Ides of March. Um, yeah, so it's a big time anti like Boston guy. Not the yes. city, but team wise. Um, no, the city too. Fuck that. I well, I just am indifferent because I've actually never really explored Boston. But okay, um, neither have I. Know, I'm just hating it from afar. Yeah, fair enough. Because of sports. I, Yes, indeed. And I really just thought it was hilarious more than anything. Like, if the Hawks are going to win, why not beat the Bruins 6-3? to three? Because it's it's just so funny. Um, I've watched enough hockey in my life that we can look at the stats, but overall it's just kind of one of those nights where it's like Boston probably didn't take them seriously. 
maybe they went out partying the night before. <laughs> maybe yeah. they just didn't give a shit. I mean, I, I, it could, or maybe they just played. I, I mean, I'm not going to try to claim that they got straight up outplayed or outcoached entirely because let's, let's be honest, but <laughs> outcoached. With Luke Richardson. Oh, oh, also, oh, don't also, worry. I was on, I was on, uh, when you were sitting on Boston, Hey, school there. No, no, don't I'm not shit on my but, city. Oh, well, don't worry, Shay. We're going to bring you back when we get to the but, coach. But in a bit I'm here, just talking but. about the Bruins. Okay. Because the Bruins, uh, have this thing about them where they're like, we're so great. We're so good. It's like, you went to all these finals. You, you, you won one in game seven. You, you let 2019 bed. happen. I know. Shit, shit, they had two time, two chances to win. They shit the bed. Yeah. Um, but but all in all, honestly, I just think it's one that you gotta. It's gonna be one of those like, hey, remember when the the twenty three Hawks beat the Bruins in the yeah. regular season? Yeah, it's, I, it's it, funny. It's I I think there's just there, there's something to like the the like it, and like kind of the big picture thing. Like the Hawks have, they've been competitive for a while, like since the trade deadline, when they, they got rid of everyone, as Betsy said, like they've gotten a lot of early leads. So like, and, and they've hung on to them like through the first and second period. And usually they lose them in the third. And when Boston took the lead on, uh, on Tuesday night, like I, the gift that came to mind, and I think I tweeted out was the Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic park saying, well, there it is. And that was the goal. I believe it was Pavel Zacha's goal that he scored off of Tenorti skating into the net. I'm like, Oh, there it is. This is the beginning of the end right here. And then the Hawks like bounced back, tied the game, took the lead and ended up winning. And there's, there, there was something there. There was something like, uh, encouraging about that in the big picture that like they had a game like that and they were able to deliver in that situation. And the other part of it is like the guys who delivered like Taylor Radish had a hat trick. He's in his mid like 24. He is 25. Uh, Boris Kachuk, I believe, is still 24. Joey Anderson, who they just got in a trade, I, I'm not going to tell you he's going to be anything more than a fourth liner in the future, but he also had a golden assist. He's 24. So it's not like Tyler Johnson, who's 32, went on a heater and scored five points in a night and helped the Hawks win a game. Like These are guys who could be around down the road who are having worthwhile moments at the NHL level, and I think that's the cool. other part of what was so encouraging for me. Yeah, there's a thought I had on that too is in this time of year, late late in the regular season, there's two types of bad teams. There's the Hawks who are like should be bad, but they have a bunch of hungry young players who want to play the NHL, so they're mm-hmm. busting ass. And then there's the Hawks of a few years ago who should have been a playoff team when they had that home and home against Colorado and they shit the bed. Right. Right. But yeah, they that- should have been good. Better. I think that that might be part of the reason why I've enjoyed the game last night so much is just because it's been so long since there was something to enjoy about the Blackhawks on the ice. Like I get like the big picture of the tank and all that, yada, yada, yada. That doesn't do it for me. Like I cannot bring myself to enjoy any of this. If they get Bedard at the end, cool, but I'm not going to enjoy the ride. It just does not work for me. I don't enjoy sports in that way. So I I felt like like this game was, I just needed something to sustain me for a while. And this game I think is going to be that. I also think Boston loses to Toronto. Finally, <laughs> I'm going to say it now. And not only because even if I'm wrong, at least I want to call it and manifest it. <laughs> I mean, so you'd, you'd rather root for Toronto. No, it's not that Boston. I want to root for them. It's just that I've seen Boston beat them so many times, and this Boston team's like record setting in the regular season. So it'd be hilarious if they lose to lose to them. And I also think it would be funny if Toronto finally got past the first round just to like be wiped out in the next one. Like they they tackled well, their hurdle, happen. but then <laughs> that'll yeah. probably happen. But you're probably, I mean, you're probably right. Yeah, this is, like, this is like me as a Texas fan saying, "Oh, I'd rather Alabama beat LSU." No, I want both of those teams to suck. Fuck them. I mean, like, but it's Texas the thing, I, I, I have <laughs> such a distant relationship with the city of Toronto compared to Boston because it's like I have such disdain for the New England Patriots. I don't like the Celtics at all. I really could care less for the Red Sox. Like, who the f- I don't care about the Argonauts. No, no, the fuck and, plays football in Toronto. <laughs> Every everything like from a sports fan perspective, I think. I don't think there's a city that's more hated than Boston right now in general. Like, th- like New York. 
I, I think New York because it's such a big city. It's <laughs> it gets out of it. Yeah, but but no one hasn't won anything. No one gives forever. exactly shit. No one gives a shit about any of their teams. Boston's teams are so fucking annoying because may, partially because they win a lot. Like the Patriots have won. The the Celtics they like they've all won championships recently. So it's there's something that is extra satisfying I, to, the, about them beating Boston in particular that it, it wouldn't have been quite as satisfying if it was like. Well, since 2000, Islanders. it's like since 2000, not counting going to the championship and losing. It's like what? New England's won six. The Celtics have a championship. The Bruins have a championship. And the Red Sox, Red Sox have like what? Four? Some, no, I think the Red Sox only have two. But No, 04, 07, 13, and uh, okay. they, the they, one with Chris Sale. I didn't think they'd won. Either way, too many. They beat the Dodgers, remember? Okay. No, I 19? don't. Clearly, <laughs> but either, either way, who they cares? Have, who gives they, a shit? Fuck yeah, it. they have too many. Um, but yeah, but like steering this back to the Blackhawks, um, briefly, I because I I don't want to talk about Boston anymore. Um, yeah. sorry, Betsy, there was your baseball banter. <laughs> yeah, oh, I yeah, some, somebody wait, somebody wait. The Betsy minute out. you guys started talking about, I think I started zoning out when Shay actually started mentioning college football stuff, or ba- <laughs> like it could have been baseball, but I assume football. Related. Okay. Well, it also could have been basketball, although LSU is not good at basketball this year. I was about to okay. say I don't think LSU is usually. Shout out Pistol Pete though. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, yeah. We'll have to tell Betsy to close TikTok briefly as we bring this back to the Blackhawks. Yes. Um. So, like, I I think there's an element of it's uh it's easy to get kind of swept up and everything. So I'm trying not to go too overboard because like the team's still not going to be good. They're, they're, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost a bunch of games, but just the fact that they're being competitive again and got over the hump, I, I'm, inc- I'm encouraged by what that means about the big picture with the entire thing, just because um, it would it mean like what I take that as some sign of is that if you bring in more talent, like there's going to be better things here. Like, I don't remember a game like that in the entire Jeremy Colleton era at all. And also the Derek King era, which was only part of a season, but um, I, I think that's where I start to look behind the bench and like, I think I find myself being more and more confident that Luke Rogers, Luke Richardson, excuse me, is at least a competent head coach. Luke Rogerson. Not, yeah, Luke Rogerson. Luke Rogerson. By the way, I hope you know, I'm currently editing the Blackhawks Wikipedia and putting in a header that says the Derek King era. <laughs> Okay. Derek, the, we're still in the Derek King era, by the way. Don't he, don't forget he's, that he's, he's an still an assistant. He's, he's, he's a, a nice guy. He's an assistant coach. It's, fine. This, it's this podcast in a vacuum. He's a team ma- he's, he's like a glorified team mascot. We keep saying this about hockey people who are <clears throat> notoriously now I, uh, not great. Okay, they're not great people, but they're nice guys. Shay, I, I, I can't. What's, what's the, I've never talked to Derek King in my life. I've never sat next to him at a bar, but he gives off a very. Wait, weren't you at one of his pressers? Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I, I listened to him ramble for 10 minutes at a press conference one time. I wasn't at the one where he brought muffins to the media, so he didn't bribe me to say nice things about him. But damn. either way, uh, but Luke Richardson, the guy I wanted to actually talk about here, um, mm. Like I, I'm, I'm growing some level of confidence that Luke Richardson is at least a competent coach, if not a good coach. I might, for the most of the season, mm. I've just kind of been, uh, I've been giving him a grade of incomplete because, uh, you didn't really have much of a sample size. There's, there's things that I'm starting to get more and more encouraged by, by what I'm seeing on the ice that leads me to believe he might actually be a pretty good coach. Um, and, and, and makes me optimistic about the future. And I know, Shay, I, I can hear your uh, mm. disagreement in the background. And I, I want to I want to have you restate your reasons for disagreeing with that. And then I'm going to disagree with your disagreements. OK, uh, he has to have. And I, 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 I swear to God, if the, if the, this might be a Davidson issue, if, if if it if it wasn't brought to his attention, he has to have been told this is a, a year we're focusing on the on development of kids. He has not developed a single child. Um, Phil well, Kirishev is like maybe the only child who's getting any amount of time, and Phil Kirishev is like what twenty four years old. Uh, second, look at where the Blackhawks rank in terms of possession stats. Uh, it's the same exact place where uh, they ranked under Carlton and Derek King. And you know who you know who we never call a good coach. Either of those guys. Um, third, 
uh, a lot of this, and especially Boston, the Boston game was reliant on over uh, achieving goaltending. Alex Stalock is is playing out of his mind this season, and if the Blackhawks had different goaltenders, uh, like Priyo Mrazek playing more often, this would not the Blackhawks would not be nearly as good. Alex Stalock came in cold against the best team in the NHL and and had an eight eighty five save percentage. That is way better than most teams are going to get out of their coming in cold goaltender. Alex Stalock needed to be traded at the deadline. That's a Davidson issue. Well, uh, I still like. I, I I don't know what they were. He was not healthy at the trade deadline. I don't know what the Hawks were going to. He's in his mid to late thirties, and he has an injury played career. I don't see any team would have wanted. This is also this is also me ranting against my own GM uh, issue okay. because Kelly McCurman should have traded for Stalock instead of Jonathan Quick because okay. Stalock could actually be be trusted in the playoffs. Um, and then uh, yeah, so again, no developing no developing of kids in a Taylor year Radish. where we're trying to develop kids. Taylor Radish, Taylor Radish is twenty four years old and was also developed by the Tampa what, Bay. But would it be fair to say after the trade deadline and we saw how many people got moved that that Davidson might have said, "Get these fucking guys ice time and get them out of here," so I can yeah. get more kids. All right, and like and, no, and also- no, that's not true because he had the opportunity to play kids over Jack Johnson and. Norty the entire season and he chose not to do that if he Thank cared you, about it. developing the kids he would have played them more and not have them rotated it's, well like this is where why is, why is the only young guy he plays on defense Caleb Jones the worst young guy he could possibly play and he keeps doing it time and time again he does not learn he does not learn his lessons that is a bad coach I don't. So I don't know if he's a bad coach because I don't think he's got a good enough roster to decide that. We have to give him a little bit more time personally. But I agree with all of Shay's points in the fact that they're not good statistically. They and even bad rosters can perform decently statistically and still lose because they don't have the scoring talent. So what does that say or, about stats? <laughs> Blackhawks are at the bottom of the league in stats and also in the bottom of the league of standings. Right. This guy got passed over for the Montreal Canadiens job for Martin St. Louis, who was coaching, and I kid you not, his kids' peewee team. Yeah, but he's in the Hall of Fame and he has swag. So as a coach. Mill, well, what did you mean about the stats thing? Because literally, they're not winning any more under Richardson than they did under college. Correct, correct. I was taking the statement of when you said they could have good stats but still be losing. Oh, because, so, I mean, stats tell a lot of the picture. You can have the puck a lot, and then once you break it down, go, well, they don't have scoring talent. Like, this is just a bunch of plugs that know how to keep the puck, at least, because the system is good, and they work in the coach's system, but because they don't have the hands to finish, like, Stahlberg was a good possession player, but he couldn't finish to save his life. Um, I mean, that's where it happens. It's not like stats can tell you everything. That's why I would argue that Colleton had a better roster most of the time. And, had, and, yeah. and they were probably worse he had a better roster than they have now. I I think that Richardson had the opportunity to have better players and didn't play some of them, and, like the kids. Colleton had a roster of mostly young guys that one year, and that was a better statistical team than any of the other ones that he had. Plus, Q's last year. Plus this year with Richardson, and those were all young guys. So I just. I think it would be more palpable this season with the losses if there was some opportunity for these kids to get into the games more regularly. And you, he wasn't playing pylons. Like, there's no excuse to be playing Tenorti. There's just no – you cannot make the argument. See, oh, I don't have I'm, the argument for Jared Tenorti. You know, I, I just wanted you the guys to run through that so people <laughs> could hear the explanation. Okay. I was just, I, I'm I, just playing devil's advocate. Mill, Mill's just yes anding is what's going on. I know. On. Uh, I, no, it's such like a the, weird thing. The thing, and I think we got into this a little bit last week. I mean, like the thing you all you, know how I feel about the game. I'm not I'm not <laughs> arguing. I really yeah. just want to have the conversation. Yeah, yeah. The thing with Jared Tenorti, like, I. He sucks. I, That's the thing. <laughs> he's not, yeah. And he dra- just, he's dragging down Murphy. Like, if there's a possibility it, that Murphy is having a bad season, most of that is on Tenorti. Yeah, if Murphy was playing with a young guy. If Murphy was able to like develop a young guy as a partner, like Isaac Phillips or Mitchell consistently, maybe he's having like maybe he's Murphy again. 
Well, young defensemen, their first, unless you're like a like a generational guy, their first year can be kind of rough. Hey, if, rather- there, if there's going to be a rough year, this is the year to have a rough year. I'm yeah. not disagreeing. Oh, it's better rough year. I just, <laughs> I just would personally, and I think the organization probably would be too, play the young guys so you can see what they're doing. Right. I mean, just try it. It's got to be better than playing Tenorti. Oh yeah, I'd rather I'd rather have Mitchell or Phillips or Regula have a rough year in the NHL this year than have Jared Tenorti or Jack Johnson or Caleb Jones have a rough year But wouldn't you rather? Wouldn't you rather have a guy like Regula down in the AHL playing twenty minutes a night than than get? I'd rather have him in the NHL okay, playing twenty okay. minutes a night. I'm fine with him playing in the he's AHL. Not, he's not going to be playing AHL competition but, the rest of his but career. But the problem is, is they keep bringing up Phillips, and they keep bringing – they've had Ian Mitchell up, and they keep bringing up other guys and then rotating them with the other guys. So they're not getting consistent minutes when they are up here. Okay, That's I the have, problem. I have two, so either two leave them questions. down or don't bring them up. Mill, Mill, I'm going to tell All you right. to pause for those two questions, and we're going to get to them on the other side of a quick timeout. Mm-hmm. We're going to catch our breaths. We're getting, I like this, how we get shouty before the break. This is good, but we're going to take a quick time out. We'll come back. We're going to get to Mill's questions to the, the rest of us and we'll keep going. Uh, but let's, uh, we'll pause for one minute. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome back to Musings on Madison, and we're going to get right back into it because we just needed to uh, everyone to take a quick time out, get a drink, and, and take a deep breath um, collectively. I, I just the reason I wanted to have this conversation is um, so I I don't know if this is going to become a regular thing for us because of uh, time and commitment and all this stuff. Like I got to be uh, I was in the press box for the game last night. I went down for the I was there for the morning skate and then the post game interviews. Like I was in the locker room and then I sat in on Richardson's press conference. And like when you, I think when you're around the players and the coaches like that, there's a way when something really good, like what happened on Tuesday night happens, I think it is easy as somebody in the media to get kind of wrapped up in all the optimism that is pouring out of all the players in the room, because they certainly buy into it in a different way than we do. Um, So I wanted to bring this, this thought and this mood to three people who were not around and see what happens. And that's why, and that's why I'm glad like the, where this guy, this conversation has gone in the direction it has, because I was very curious to see, I like to think I'm a generally optimistic person. So I was like, as I, you can tell from the things I had said earlier and written, that, like I was feeling kind of optimistic and maybe a little bit too much. So maybe I, I wanted to be brought back down to earth just a little bit. And maybe that's what this conversation is doing. But let's pick up where we left off. Mill, I know you had some more questions to keep it all going. So please do so. All right. So the first of two may be rhetorical, but we were just talking about the young kids. Mm -hmm. And I was just saying, so you guys don't want us to do the thing Detroit did and they're good and have everybody come up at the age of like 25 and then win the Calder. (laughs) Well, I don't. First of all, they're not going to win the Calder. Um, The Ice Hogs. (laughs) Is are not good enough. They don't have enough good forwards, even with Reichel and Gutman down there. So that was already not a. Oh no! Yeah, no I, I think he, I think he, the wings. You mean I like think you he, meant the the rookie of the year award? The oh, wings? No. Yeah, the Calder. The, it is not, the, the, not, the, not the Calder the Cup, the Calder Trophy. Yeah, okay, the, sorry. <laughs> that was just me poking fun at the wings because they used to keep guys in their system until they had like full beards. And oh, the, De- the Dennis Charlovskis of the, whatever the fuck that guy's name was. No, like everybody that they had. But anyways, um, well, not Raymond I, or Cider. I'm, but I'm talking like back in the day. Yeah, back. Yeah, back well, in the any, day when the NHL was older in general, though, and the, and the Red Wings were actually good. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about when they were good. Okay. Um, but uh, actual question because we're and, and this again, this is just for the sake of conversation because we were talking about. Um, why not bring up the young guys? Because A, they need to develop, but B, they're probably better than a lot of the roster, correct? 
I, I think it's yeah. Talent wise. So my my thing about the young players is not that they need to play in the NHL because they're ready. Some of them might be, but it's more that if they're going to bring them up, play them. Okay. So if they're okay. going to that's, have Phillips up here, play him consistently and don't rotate him out with Ian Mitchell. That's fair. Yeah. That's a different point than what I was going to ask about. Okay. Good, some, somebody Sorry. said I don't remember who said it, but in the first we half, somebody said. <laughs> that they were mostly better than a lot of the guys on the roster. But wouldn't that defeat the purpose of tanking? <laughs> if you want to tank? If, well, okay. Yeah, sure, as, yeah. as, as the biggest proponent probably here of the tank, if you're winning with young players, that's a lot different than uh, winning with old players. If, if young players like Isaac Phillips and uh, Philip Khrushchev and Evan Barrett, uh, just to throw another name out there, and I get Alec Regal. Sky point Evan Barrett's career in Chicago. Are are if, if they're if they're winning you games, that's oh that's excellent. And again, that's a lot different than relying on Jack Johnson or sure. thirty three year old Jonathan Tapes. When I have a secondary point, secondary part to this. I this might just be me, but. And I don't think Richardson is, even if he's bad, I don't think he's as bad as Colleton. I really don't. I don't think I've ever seen a coach as bad as Colleton, but in the NHL. But I think that Colleton did stagger and really kind of ruin some guys' development. I would say that. Maybe they just don't want them to have full time up here in case they ruin their future again. Yeah, like- so if you, if you don't trust. Luke Richardson not to develop players properly. What the hell is Luke Richardson doing coaching a rebuild? Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying Richardson in general, but I'm saying this season, this particular season, maybe saying, hey, give them a cup of tea, you know, but like, I mean, they're bad. So the argument, of course, is that every player that came up to the Hawks when they went back to the Ice Hogs kind of crashed. So <laughs> they're, they're they got a, worse. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, right. So what does that say about the Hawks? That's what I'm saying. That they're like, bad. <laughs> whatever they were doing to them, like what, however Richardson was approaching, and it might not even be his fault. It might just be like, it, just the fact that it went across the board. It could be it's his kind fault, of a weird though, right? Yeah. Huh? Like it, it, how, yeah. how long is his contract? I have no Three idea. Three years? Yeah. I don't talk about that stuff. I don't think, that, I don't I think coaches' contract links get publicly disclosed like that. But, but what I'm talking about is like they may have hired this guy because they're like, well, like let's just think it up. And if he's good, we'll keep him. And if not, then we, you know, whatever. Like it's hard for me to say. I think that they hired Richardson because they think he's going to be a good coach. And that's possible. Um, we don't know yet. We just don't have enough information, I don't think. Yeah. Personally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like wait. But – I will say that if they're going to bring up the kids, that he should play them. Yes, that's my that's my only point. Is I just the, don't the, like, and it's less the forwards because no, I mean I don't blame it. you for saying that. I have a, and I, I'm not to interrupt you, but here's why: the Hawks dynasty children all played under terrible coaches, and they didn't bring up Q as the coach until they're ready to win. Yeah, well, I, seriously, they didn't. No, like the so. Yeah, I like they had they had Savar the way had Trent Yanni, uh, like who just like let Keith and Trubuk play twenty minutes a night and figure it out, and, and then, then Savard came in. Savard, and then, yeah, and then and then like they fired Savard the night after they won a game, which was weird, and then they brought in Quinville. Yeah, Quinville like, was already hired as a scout or whatever. Yeah, I'm not he- like I'm not here to tell you that Luke Richardson's going to be here for the long haul and he is like the coach of the future. I just like to the to counter what like um like. I, I get the point about not playing the young kids and, and that is an annoyance. And, and he actually, somebody asked him, I, somebody asked him earlier in the season why he's not playing Mitchell and Phillips together. I think it was Ben Pope that asked. And he said something about like the veterans have earned the right or whatever, yeah. which is a really That's annoying bullshit. thing. Yeah. But it's it is, also, it's, it's complete bullshit. It's also not, like he's not the only NHL coach that thinks like this. This is a hockey thing. It's not just a Luke right. thing. I'm not it's, it's a, a problem. Good... It's a problem that a developing team that is rebuilding that that it's led by a guy who thinks that way. It is, but also, do you want to? So, I when we were talking about this exact quote, because I think I was the one that brought it up way back when. But I mentioned that uh, Suter in Calgary had literally just like a two days before that had mocked their top one of their top prospects and said something like i don't even know who that kid is or it, it was a very what number is he 
<laughs> what number is he? Because he just didn't know. And the people online on Twitter are just laughing at the fact that Calgary has literally fallen off a cliff. Yeah, coaches two, are two games after that, and people yeah, were yeah. like, "It's karma." Because That's these okay. coaches are very good. They can just, be very good, but you have to, at some point, you have to like focus on kids too. You can't just be in this. Yeah. And that, I, that's yeah. earned something. You haven't earned it just because you're old. Yeah. And I don't okay. think Richardson I'm in my 30s now too, but I haven't earned. Welcome to the party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been in my 30s for a while and, and nobody just gives me shit because I'm in my 30s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, that that is not a, I I don't like that either. That's certainly a good thing. But I, I the, on the other side of the coin, like I I've seen players like get better this season. Like Jake McCabe had a pretty good season before he got traded to Toronto. I don't know. Well, that, that, and I feel like I, I, and hang on, Mel. Like yeah. I feel like like Seth Jones has actually had a pretty good season. Uh, Max Domi like wasn't terrible under the Hawks. Like there's there's been guys and like Taylor Radish now is is on a heater. Like I don't think. I think there's players that are taking steps forward. It may not be the young guys, which would be the ideal situation, but the fact that there are players who are at least taking steps forward somewhere is great because I feel like for the last three years, every player who came to the Hawks took a step backwards. Okay. So that's where some so maybe, of my maybe, optimism is. Maybe this is the, maybe this is the conversation instead then Luke Richardson is the wrong coach for this team. Um, cause yeah, he, you're right. There are players taking the, taking a step forward or the it's wrong timing. Maybe it's, I guess it's ones that ultimately in the long run for the Blackhawks, because this is going to be a long rebuild. Don't matter a single iota. Jake McCabe didn't matter a single iota to the Blackhawks long, long term. Okay. I hate to say this. He has an eight year, he has an eight year contract. Seth Jones doesn't matter a single iota in the long run of the Chicago Blackhawks rebuild. Um, well, I, Taylor I mean, Radish doesn't I really mean, matter. Well, Max Domi no. didn't matter. Okay. I but I see I would disagree because like Jake McCabe mattered in the sense that because he had a good season they were able to package him with Sam Lafferty and get a first round pick from Toronto for him yeah late first round pick I know Betsy but still the <laughs> principle holds they got a first round pick when I don't think that would for, they would not have gotten that for Jake McCabe if they traded him a year before the problem is is that when you're attributing their success to Richardson when Jake McCabe was a good player prior to last year, post a surgery. So I don't think that had anything to, to do with Richardson or there's a lack of evidence to support such a claim. Okay. Seth Jones had a better season last year under King than he did this year. And well, he's Yaha defenseman likes to score. Well, it's, be, well, it's because <laughs> King just let him do whatever. And if you watch the game since uh, Jones took off his, um, after he came back from his hands thing and he had the, the, not a cast. The, the, wrist, had, the wrist he, splint. Yeah, yeah. Once he took that off, just watch the difference between the games. Seth Jones is kind of doing whatever he wants. So other than Richardson just being like, okay, do it. Just be Seth Jones. He's not really, he's not acting the same way. And I think, I don't know if that has anything to do with Richardson other than him taking off the leash. Um, Max Domi, same thing. He's always been a good player. I honestly think Richardson let Kane and Domi and whoever was with them do whatever they wanted to because they did not give a fuck about defense to a degree that even Patrick Kane normally would at least be like, I'll look at that, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, so, I, I again, I don't know if it has really anything to do with Richardson. There's no evidence to point to that um, right now. There's just not. Um, and there are more players that have been doing poorly Um I, I always say when good player, this is the, the knock against Colleton is when you were like, there are good players doing very badly in his system. That's when you know the system is wrong. But I don't know, like the fact that Murphy is doing so poorly is not a good thing. And the fact that they, they never have the puck. <laughs> like it's still they, a problem. They never they, have the puck. And when they do, they often get in and they they can get close to the net and take a couple of shots. And so we're like, oh, yay, quality. But they just don't have the puck enough for that to, like, really tip it in their favor most games. They'll they'll have a Boston game every once in a while, but it's not a consistent thing. And, again, even bad rosters under good – in good systems can have at least good metrics. We haven't seen that from Richardson yet, but I'm not writing him off. I just – there's no evidence – right now other than they'll play hard for him which is a non-quantifiable thing <laughs> yes um absolutely but players played hard for king too so like i 
You I want to is... bring something to, uh, back to what you said earlier, Dave, in the first half of the podcast, if that's okay. Go ahead. You were talking about being in the room and like seeing how these guys react to the coach. Mm-hmm. Do you think that might have something to do with it? Yeah. Some of the guys playing better? Because uh, I can yeah, say absolutely. from experience... Let me, let me <laughs> say this, though, because I remember I remember him distinctly saying this because he's one of my favorite goaltenders. And is he, is he already rushed out of the NHL? Yes. But Malcolm Suvan said... Early in what 2021, 2022, uh, uh, Jeremy Colleton's getting a lot of buy in from us players. <laughs> okay. Jeremy Colleton got buy in. It buy in players will buy into whoever is put in charge of them. That's yeah. just what the players well, are going to do. But, but I'm not really talking about buy in. It's like it's hard to put into words. It's like it's not bit, quantifiable. They, they, they like the give a shit meter is actually full. Like I've played I've, for coaches where I've bought into them. But I've also played for guys where I'm like, you know, we have a shitty team, but I don't want to fucking lose this game. Like, yeah. it's hard to talk about. And I'm not I'm not a pro athlete again. So, too. So I don't know how they feel about it. They're getting paid a ton of money regardless. But like it's it's a weird thing. But, you know, Betsy said earlier, like maybe he just says, hey, you go be Seth Jones. You go be so you do your thing versus like do your thing. But within my system, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Yeah, I No, that's see like this is where. Um, I, I I think there is an element of if you've ever played any team sports, like I don't want to immediately say like you have to play the game. I I played like high school football in one really shitty year of college football, so I I don't mean to put myself on any platform as of athletic success because I'm not. But if you like, if you've ever played any sort of team sports, there is a I I feel like there is a um there there's just there's this. It's a, there's an intangible thing that winning teams have and an attitude that winning teams have and just a general look and feel and attitude about them that I cannot really describe like what it exactly looks or feels like, but I feel like you recognize it when it exists. And I feel like the Hawks, the, the team from a decade ago, they had that, like there was just this, like just this confidence that existed to where whenever they fell behind, you knew they were going to come back and win. And um, and if they fell behind in a series, they were going to come back and win the series ultimately. And they usually did. And I, I, I'm not saying the Hawks are there now, please don't let me let that connection be made. But I feel like there's, there's an element of like, there's somewhere like, as I was watching the game last night, like there was a thought of like, maybe this is like where it gets started because they actually won the damn game. That's, and again, that goes back to like, Every time the Hawks had a game that had any sort of importance in the Colleton era, like Mill, you referenced the home and home against Colorado, they lost. Every time they had a playoff chase or a game against the team they were chasing in the playoff standings and had a shot to really get into the wild card race, they lost. Last night was a game that kind of felt like the proverbial playoff type atmosphere, and they actually won the damn thing. So maybe it's just because it's been so long that it happened that I like this, like you've I don't know if euphoric is the word for it. That might be too much, but like just the, the general good vibes that I'm feeling after the game, maybe that's part of the extent um, of it. But I don't know. I just it, something about the game last night felt different to me than any other game I've watched in like six years with the Hawks. Well, and, and maybe and maybe maybe and maybe it was just a really good one night stand that I'm going to be talking about for the rest of my life. I guess. I don't know. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, gays and days, let it be marked that on Wednesday, March 15th, Dave Melton said that the 23 and 44 Chicago Blackhawks were playing in a playoff atmosphere. No, no, but like, I mean, 23 and 44. Well, well, but I haven't, but I I understand the the sentiment because it's more, it's more of Shay. You'll appreciate this term. It was a hot crowd. And I think that was a big part of it. The crowd was into the game. What, and that, that helps on, add to the, the atmosphere. I've been on teams where we played against good teams that we should have never beat, and we did. And you're in the locker room after and you feel like a million dollars. And then you're on teams that are really good, and you, you're down at half or whatever, and you go in to the second half, and like, ah, fuck it, we got this. And you win, and it doesn't feel like a big deal. You're just like, that's what we're supposed yeah. to do. I, I got a, the, my senior year high school homecoming game. I felt like we could have beat any team in our entire state that night. And like, and you can translate that to the professional level. I feel like at a significantly higher degree, but that, that that's where the, like, that's the murky side of sport or I don't say murky. That's where the, like the fuzzier side of what makes a championship wins. And like to bring that back to like the statistical side of things, 
like when all those things on the like intangible side of things are in good order, the result of that is like you see that in the statistics, like they start winning. They win the possession battle like because a guy, you know, a Ford gets his ass on the boards on the breakout and gets the pass from the D-man so they can break out effectively to relieve the defensive pressure so they don't get buried in shots and chances all night. And then they end up with the better shot and all the metrics end up in their favor because the team does the little things well, I guess is how I would describe that. The next time the Hawks went are good in possession, shit, I might be like 50. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I don't know. I, 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 I again, I think uh, this conversation has brought me back down to earth somewhat. So I think that's good for it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I think two things can be true in that it was like the game against the Bruins was a hell of a lot of fun. And maybe I got wrapped up in the atmosphere a little bit and it's not necessarily a sign that everything's going to be OK. But at least I, I, it's, it's better than them losing that game, I feel like. At least it got us to all have a lot of character on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Because the last like twenty episodes, we've all been like, "Ah, eh, yeah. fuck them." Yeah. And Dave, Dave, don't don't count it out. You could totally be. I mean, it could be something. It could be like they're the cold. They're cold I, right now. I feel like Bessie's <laughs> trying to talk me back up on top of the I, ledge. Though. I hate. I hate when optimism gets like knocked out. Like I'm I know Shay and no. I are like in realism realm constantly. <laughs> We're constantly like no. Well, but, this like, but, but I'm just the, I'm just the meme of the girl with like the math problems in front of her. Like, what yeah. if this happens? Well, this this gets to like the existential crisis as a sports fan. I felt like I've been having all season because I hate the I on principle I hate what the Hawks are doing, and and it just it I feel like it sucks all the joy out of being a sports fan, even if it's only for a season or two. That is a season or two that I don't get to enjoy at all. And you know, last night was the exception to that rule. So, well, at least we got baseball coming up. Uh, don't lie. We'll talk to me in June. We'll see where they're at. <laughs> Same. All right. Well, I, I don't have any, anything else in that vein. Like, I don't know if there's a, I, I, I think like, I, I like the way I would wrap up that part of the discussion is basically like the thing I think we can all agree on. Hopefully is that it's still far too early to make any definitive decisions on the coach in general. I think some of us might be more optimistic than others, but I think we could all at least end on a grade of incomplete and and willing to see what happens next season when maybe there's more better, more better Jesus, when there's better players on the roster. Is that, is that, can we, can we all agree? That's fair. Some of us will probably have a little bit more of a chip. Like, yeah, I'm still pissed off about his fashion sense, but (laughs) we'll probably go in with like, you only have so long to impress us. Yes. Some or, of us have a shorter leash. <laughs> that shape flips fair. the sand glass upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Time is ticking. All right. Well, I, I again, uh, as, as to Mill's point, like I, I think that got a lot more interesting than uh, like this has at least been more entertaining and interesting than the stretch in November and December when they lost 21 of 23. I thought my soul was going to leave my body while I was watching some of those games because they were just so depressing. So, um, so yeah, imagine what could happen if like the Hawks are actually good. Imagine all the yelling we could do on this man. Um, so, uh, I forgot to, uh, I forgot to ask if anybody had actually locked down a food take to discuss uh, because we are uh, once again the best food themed hockey podcast on the internet. Uh, has anybody come up with one? I'm just going to do producing live on the air here because who cares? I can Who's always edit anyway? it out, but I probably won't. Well, what's the point? If, if, I mean, if you made if they've if gone, made if they made it this far, why would they turn away yeah, now? If at this point in the season, if you made it this far in the podcast, you deserve some behind the scenes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I could use I could do the cookie take that I wrote in our Slack oh, a while back, which is please do the best. I'm here to talk about cookies any day. Yes, the best uh, like branded cookies, like I don't know, I don't know how to explain. Like store bought, yeah, store bought cookies um, are anything that's Keebler Elf with fudge. Okay, it doesn't matter which one it is. If it's the Elf Witch is what what they're called, the ones that are like little sandwiches or the ones that are like the drizzle ones on top. If they have fudge on them and they're by Keebler, those are like crack. Um, And they're by far better than any other cookie 
it doesn't matter if it's Oreo or whatever. And if, I was about to say, are you counting Oreo? Because I am. Oreo, no, no, Oreos are at the you, store. No fudge. The fudge is just. Just have you had one recently? The yes, the fudge gives me a headache. It's the same with a golden no. Oreo. Well, that's that feels like your body. <laughs> Shay, you might need to go to a doctor and get that looked at because there is a, a significant amount of joy in your life that you are being deprived. Yeah, it feels of. like your body is against I, you. Not <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I've had both. I, I've had both those. Oreo doesn't give me a headache, and it also brings me joy. I am perfectly uh, fine with a double stuff Oreo. Uh, those I mean, things are insanely good. I don't. I don't, don't want to tell you that any like Oreo cookies are bad, but I am absolutely on board with Betsy. The Elf Witch cookies are the best cookies, and I I cannot buy them anymore because I eat like the the entire thing lasts maybe two days, and I can't do that to myself anymore. I hadn't had them for like I don't know, maybe like a like it's been like maybe like a decade since I'd had like eight ten years since I had had one because. He, you know, like you really shouldn't eat them. You know what? Get them, you'll just keep eating them. And there's a kid in the house, so of course, that's what he picked. And I was like, God damn it! Why <laughs> this should not? I, think- I will also say, Shay, for Oreo take, the ones with mint in them are better than regular. Oh, agreed. I'm I'm a <laughs> massive mint chocolate person. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, so we got so we've got Shay has picked Oreos. Betsy and I are in the Elf Witch Camp. Mill, what's uh, what's your store bought cookie? Choice. Uh, I'm not a huge like cookie eater. Not that I don't enjoy them. Um, yeah, you're being so, far too healthy for this discussion. So please get unhealthier. Well, let me just say this: <laughs> I do have a box of Girl Scout cookies sitting next to me because one of my clients sells them. Um, so I have them all the time at work. Oh, but um, they're, they're so, those are so good too. They are good. Um, but I like, and I guess I think they're Chips Ahoy branded, but they're like chewy chocolate oh, chip cookies. Oh yeah, the chewy but, Chips Ahoy. But I like the ones that have the peanut butter cups in them. Oh, Ooh, yeah, I've seen those. Uh, I like mean, with a cup of coffee, they're really fun. I'm not gonna. Good. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like that's almost, almost an element of doing too much. Yeah, they're like, they're they're the Reese's just, branded ones. Yeah, like just just a little bit. Like, I mean, like Chips Ahoy, what? the chewy ones are good, and Reese's peanut butter cups are outstanding candy. But well, I like peanut uh, butter cookies in general. Like it could okay. be just a peanut butter cookie. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I Costco actually has pretty good cookies, to be honest. Um, like Costco brand or the ones they make in the bakery? Uh, they well, I think it's the same thing. Like they're branded Costco, but they make them. But they're they're always consistent. So, so you're are, are you putting the Costco over the Chips Ahoy Chewy, or are you sticking with the Chips Ahoy Chewy? No, I like the Chips Ahoy Chewy. I like that they're okay. small. So you, you can have a couple of them without feeling like you ate like way too much. The Elf Witch cookies are not that large, but I think each those are one good. is roughly 500 calories. Those are good, <laughs> but I'm not going so, Every not time I look guys, at the nutrition facts, I'm like, I can't do this to myself anymore. Yeah, I haven't had one of those in a long time. Um, Mel, I'm going to buy some and. Yeah, I was about to say, just have one. I, oh, I think I think my plan, I've been thinking about this since we started this conversation. I think I'm going to go to the store, buy some, and then take them to the office for my day job, and then work from home for the rest of the week. So, so everybody in my office will eat them. I'll get a few, but then I won't eat the entire bag myself. Here's the thing. I can go buy some when I'm at the store next, but I don't buy a ton of dessert food, like unhealthy dessert food. If I Usually it's ice cream for me. Like That's usually my go-to dessert. Um, that's unhealthy but at where i work there's always fucking like donuts and candy and cookies and brownies and cupcakes like, no, the, always junk no that's so that is like we all worked from home for a while one of the worst things for my health was having to go back to the office because there's always food there and and it's not good well it's just it's good. It's not good for me, is what I should say. Some girl it's I the, work with made brownies that, were, that had caramel filling. Yeah, no one's no one's gonna put like vegetables up there. Fuck that. No, here's here's a box of uh, triple stuffed chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, and like, <laughs> what are you gonna like when you're there for eight hours? Like, what are you gonna say? No, I don't want a cookie. Yeah, especially like I'm I'm within like smelling distance of where they are stored so i just sit there and smell the sweets all day long and well, by the time it's lunch i'm like i'm not even gonna go next door to get food i'm just gonna eat this box of cookies well and dave will know you'll know this area wise 
some of the people I work with live in Valpo, so they have all those like fancy cupcake and donut and oh, cookie places. Yeah, that's bad so, news. So they bring them, and I'm just like, you know, when I used to work for my store, the only time we always got Duncan for meetings. The only time they bought us nice cookies, I think, was the last time the Hawks won the cup. They bought us Stan's donuts or something, and they're like, "Oh, they won the cup. You earned it." It's uh, they they have Stan donuts at grocery stores now, and I yeah, this is like this isn't I that you know what that actually should be. I I have a second food take that I just uh, came up with. (laughs) So so proud, right? Um, no, but second thought related to this, which is um, donut like. Any store bought donuts like like the Entenmann's, like they're fine. But if you're not buying donuts like fresh at a bakery, you're doing yourself a disservice. And like yeah. I'm not talking about Dunkin' Donuts because they're shipped and frozen and shit. Go to like you know Bob's Bakery down the street or whatever the name apostrophe s Bakery. That's the place you want to go to where it's freshly baked donuts. Or, or freshly I, baked I will donuts. also say. There, there are a fortunate few of us who are able to get uh, a chain that is that bakes their donuts fresh, called Voodoo Donuts. I and just, you're, if you're I, lucky you know enough what? to have a Voodoo it's, Donuts near here. I've heard, and I just saw a uh, a bunch of on uh, a kerfuffle on Twitter because somebody with a decent following tweeted out that Voodoo Donuts are trash. They're wrong. <laughs> I did, well, okay. There, it, like any donut store, there's bad donuts, but there's also really fucking fantastic donuts. Yeah, I so. think the I think the key is you got to find the place where they like. It, do, it doesn't necessarily have to be a 24 hour donut shop, um, but it, bonus points if that is the case. But you want to find the place where they are work. They work overnight baking everything, and then they open up at like 5 a.m. and, and serve the ones that they've been baking up all night. Like That's, Monster Donuts? If you want to, yes, exactly. Monster no. Donuts whips ass, except for also, when people drive their car into the building, yeah, which right. happens once every year. Yeah, unfortunately, I think we're due for it again, so please, let's, uh, let's <laughs> I not didn't do know. I, but no, I was thinking also, that too. <laughs> also, oh just God. across the state line, if you're in the south suburbs, uh, Calumet Bakery in Lansing yes. on Torrance Avenue, dear God, the donuts are incredible. Uh, do, uh, so we've all shouted out places, uh, Betsy, uh, for the Georgia listeners on our podcast, uh, both of them, do you want to is <laughs> a donut place? Do you want to shout out in Georgia real quick? Uh, uh, Sublime Donuts in Midtown is really good. Um, oh, uh, if you can get up towards Ro- in Roswell, um, there's a place called Duck Donuts that is actually really awesome. Um, All right. Trying I'm, to, I'm, 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 you had me at Sublime Donuts. I'm coming back to Georgia. Just Sublime Waffle really, House really and then great. Sublime Donuts. You know what was taken away from me is we had a, a local donut place on the square in Crown Point, and it was a donut shop that was homemade, and they also sold comic books, and it was pretty spectacular. There's a place on the northeast side of Indianapolis. I think it's still in the city proper, just before it hits the suburbs. And I'm looking this up because I want to get the name right because it's um. I, I've gotten it wrong a few times. It's called Donuts and Dragons, which is a, it's uh, obviously a Dungeons and Dragons reference. Like it's like board games, beer and donuts. It's a damn that's like business idea. You yeah. guys have a lot of barcades up there because we have a we have like yeah. oh yeah, Bar- barcades are all over the place. There used to be one like in my podunk little suburb town, but it went out of business. But yeah, there are. I was gonna I was oh, gonna I say that, that Sublime Donuts in Atlanta the they're most famous for a donut that's not on the menu anymore. And it's a uh, ghost pepper caramel. See, donut. okay. I don't want spice with my donut. No, it's actually, it wasn't as spicy as you would think it would be, but because um, ghost pepper is supposed to be really spicy. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. You said ghost pepper, but I don't want to eat ghost when, pepper at any point. When I used to work in Wrigleyville, they would bring the, the local places would bring us shit like that all the time. But you know what my go-to like sleeper donut is because we'll get them from like the grocery store all the time that makes them fresh. It's just a like a Boston cream Long John. Mm. I mean, if any any good donut place is going to have those on the menu, so that's like. But I'm saying you don't need like spice and stuff. You just need like a no, good. No, I, I don't need anything. Like the fancy, dough is I just good. a good chocolate, chocolate cake donut. There. A good a yeah. good cake donut with chocolate frosting. If you can just do that for me. I'm good. I don't. Also, I, don't, you know, I, will, like, I will do all the other fancy shit, but like, just at some point, you just have to. You have to get the the meat and potatoes. Just get the pucks in deep. Get the pucks on net. Get me 
the chocolate, well, the cake donut with the chocolate frosting on it. I want to. You can do the Michigan bow. later. We got to get the fundamentals down first. I want to put a beautiful bow on this episode. You know why Dunkin' Donuts sucks? Because it's from Boston. <laughs> there we go. Wait a. That's we didn't even plan that, folks. That that was entirely spontaneous. That's that's why that's why we call ourselves the best food themed hockey podcast on the internet. And and maybe one day someone else will too. <laughs> but I think that's going to do it for this episode of Musings on Madison. Thanks to the group for assembling. It's very late here on Wednesday night that we're doing this. So thanks to everyone for hanging out and thank you to everyone who's listening. Also, thanks to everyone who's donated to the website to keep us going. Um, we are still working on a lot of things to, to make that all happen. And um, uh, we're just, we're, we're going forward. Like that's, I, I, I we're getting, getting more details in the next few weeks here, but we're going to give it the old college try and we'll see what happens on the other side. Um, and I know big thing we're doing is on May 8th, they're doing the draft lottery, which is a Monday night. And uh, it's going to be a big night for uh, for everyone involved, including us. So I'm sure we'll have something hovering around that. Um, but in the meantime, uh, secondcityhockey.com is where you can find uh, their previews and recaps and all the other stuff for the rest of the season. We got a bunch of prospect stuff going up this week. Um, and yeah, that's where you can find all our stuff. I'm on Twitter at dmelt 57 Shepard's at Jehosa's Witness. Mill is at Mill182. Betsy's not on Twitter, but she's at SecondCityHockey.com under the name LBR. Oh, and uh, the IceHogs won tonight. Rocco Grimaldi scored an overtime winner. So there you go. Everything's looking up. Even the IceHogs are winning. Everything's magical. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much. And we might talk to you next week. We might not. We'll see. Maybe the Hawks will pull off another crazy upset, and I'll need to be brought back down to the earth by the rest of the panel. Or maybe they'll just keep losing, and we'll come back in two weeks. I don't know, but we'll uh, we'll talk to you whenever we talk to you.